Good morning, everyone. Hope you're good. There's no real uh, agenda to today's voice notes. Going to think out loud. Could be dangerous. Who knows? But uh, I did see Louise yesterday, and you know, as many of the total members know, she's on the mend, which is good to see. Uh, we had a really nice chat, like we used to do back in the day when I'd pop around and end up chatting for hours. Um, and, you know, we chatted about really important stuff, actually, and things that, you know, that Anne spoke about a lot. And one of the chats, because it's going to make some of you go, oh, is about death. And if you're scared to chat about death, I think that's where the problem starts. But the ancients used to speak about death all the time. Memento Mori was a thing, front of mind for everybody. They'd remind themselves, remember you're mortal, remember you'll die. And there's a lot of wisdom to be had in remembering that. And we are so far removed from death and illness stuff in today's world. Like, we don't see people actually die. Hospitals, you even go in there and the things are all wardened off. And this is what we're chatting about. You don't really see all the pain and suffering people go through. You only see highlight reel on social media. So we're really far removed from this thing called death and illness and, you know, serious stuff. We don't, I feel a lot of us feel like it's not real. Like, that's not going to happen to me. That's not going to happen to me. Or you feel like it's so far away that it's pointless thinking about now. But these things hit you and you don't expect them. And then you great. Then you start thinking, oh, my days. Like, I wish I told someone this. I wish I was more present doing that. I wish I didn't delay this. And we're speaking of various things. And one of the things I brought up was, uh, I remember my mother telling me that her and her best mates, so they used to come around every morning. My mother, her best mate, Christine, who was my one of my best mates back end, Phil's uh, mother and a few others would have, you know, like a little tea in the morning, auntie after school, sit down. And they would say, you know, when we get our bus passes, free free bus pass, we'll go and, you know, explore places, we'll go here and there. I think that's when you were 65. And the sad news is my mother, all of her best friends have, have passed away, cancer and illnesses and stuff. And none of them have reached 65 yet. My mother's not 65, but they all had these plans to do things at 65 and when this happened and that, and they never failed to really do it when they did have the time. And it's quite sad, isn't it? When you think of it that way, like how many of us are delaying? Well, we'll go on a trip with my friends of a lifetime in like four years, five years. I know COVID's playing a part now, but like we'll do this when this time. Like we don't, we don't know if we have that time. We don't know if we have it. And uh, we don't want to be caught. You don't want to be caught uh, off guard and then slapped in the face and not being able to do those things. And that's how a lot of us think about things, as we think we'll have the time to do it, and then it's snatched away from us. Um, and this goes for goals, friends, family, spending all this time. So we spoke about that. We spoke about how it's important and leading on how it's important in the morning to kind of have that, like, you know, just a cup of tea with your mates in every morning, have a chat. I remember I have very fond memories of waking up in the morning, you know, late, obviously, gaming all night. Uh, Mother, my mother and her mate Christine would be talking and sometimes a few others um, talking about stuff and we'd get into deep chat, good chat with uh, with Christine. I remember you know, sometimes we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chop each other. Um, you know, we'll have, we'll, we'll have good chats. My mother will be there. We'll have a cup of tea and he'll set you up for the day, basically. Real set you up for the day. Chat. Kind of like his voice notes. I don't know if they're a manifestation of that, but just having those chats in the morning... Um, Kind of like, I remember Christine being a very rational voice in my life. I mean, if you I remember thinking, 
you know, questioning things that I'd say, why that then? But why that? Why that? And she would never let go of it. And you would, you'd end up laughing because she knew, you knew she was right. But you, she asked, well, you know, explain why. What's the rationale? But, you know, what, what is the real reason behind that? Then behind that, you know, talk, you know, talk shit and you get called out for it. Uh, it would be funny. Um, so me and Louise talk about, like, we need to get that in our lives because I live next door, obviously. So we need to start getting these things in, like these morning cups of tea going, going morning chats and after work, you know, after work tea, the, de- the decompress. And like those small things and making the most of the days and, you know, not just thinking, waking up and go, 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 work, work, work. I think Irene did a good point on the mother's Q&A as well about like the Mediterranean culture versus British Mediterranean culture. You've got to wait till 12 and holidays before you move and enjoy your time in Britain and uh, maybe like, maybe like, maybe you can compare it to New York, these go, go, go places. Don't really... Don't really give yourself the time. It's just always stress and anxiety and up and go and you're missing out on the main important things. Uh, so yeah, we spoke about that. and then yeah, leading back to the death part, you know, I was explaining like that. You know, that's why I've got a massive portrait of Steve Jobs and Napoleon on my kitchen wall. So every time I get a coffee in the morning, I see these two massive portraits in front of me, and in between them, there's the symbol of memento mori. Remember, you'll die, and it's like these two men. Will have achieved more than I'll ever dream of achieving, and they'll still be forgotten in history. Like, we, how many people talk about Steve Jobs today? Sometimes, some people, how many people talk about Napoleon? Only me, by the looks of things. I know there's a lot of others. There's actually more books written about Napoleon than Jesus Christ, Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar combined. So, very popular person. But what I'm trying to say is, we always get so built up about what we can achieve and we've got to achieve more and more and the ceiling is is the ceiling is so high it's impossible to reach someone will always achieve more there'll be something like if you are striving to try and achieve more and more and more always more and more and more because you want to be this great person the bad news is uh, it'll be it'll gone it'll be it'll be gone in history you know and the, and the, the second bad news is were you present in any of your achievements were you present in any of those nice moments like what did you what did you do with your family and friends in those times? Like, did you throw them all away? Like, did you have those hollow victories, as they're called? And you you hear a lot of people in business and talk about these hollow victories. They get the job, job done. They think it's going to be this massive, ecstatic moment, but it's not. And that's that's the ultimate failure, basically. So what I'm trying to get across to you when we were speaking about is like, the most important, the most fond things we have are when we slow down, we have those chats, we have those cups of tea, we slow it right down, we realise this is not going to be forever. I know it's quite hard to talk about because it is, you know, we're not used to it in, in today's world and back in the day they were. Um, we slow right down, we have these cups of tea, we talk about impairments and we, 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 we live, and that's why on our coins we got, you'll get through anything one day at a time. And on the flip side, it's got festina lente, um, make haste slowly. So live with urgency, knowing that it's, there's impermanence to your life, there's, it's not going to last forever. But with the knowledge of, you know, going slowly through it. So you, you live each day with, you make the most of it, but you're patient with results that come from that. So we're not saying, right, now you've got to just go crazy every day, train three times a day, la, la, no, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, how many hours are we wasting per day, per week, per month, per year, doing things that just sap our energy away? Okay, they just kill us, all right? And where we could read, put that into relationships, good conversation, things that do bring us life back. You know what I mean? 
because um, there'll always be someone who achieves more than you. Like there's a story about uh, this. Um, it's in a book called Psychology of Money. It's a really good book. There's a there's a story about this guy who's born in the slums of India. Like you can't really be born in in like a the bottom of the bar, like the really bottom bottom. Managed to work his way up to being the CEO of McKinsey consultancy firm in America, and he was worth a hundred million. Okay, so he worked his way from the slums of India to there, which is phenomenal, like crazy story. What happened was he started hanging around with billionaires. So he was a hundred millions, and a billion is one thousand million. So. He started hanging out with billionaires. Now he felt inadequate. Now he felt poor. And he wanted to be on the billionaire table. So he started doing insider trading, all this dodgy stuff, because that's the only way he could have skyrocketed his wealth to the billions fast. And he got caught. He got put in jail. Okay? So even people who start from the bottom get trapped in thinking, ooh, I need to do more. When they come from absolutely nothing, 100 million still wanted to do more. So understand this. You will always, if you fall into that trap, you fall into that person's type of lifestyle, you're always going to fall, you're always going to fail to that type of lifestyle. There'll always be more and bigger things to achieve and you'll overreach and then you'll be dead, you'll be gone. You know what I mean? So you'll overreach, mistakes, shit happens, collapse. Do you know what I mean? We want, to, we want to do as best as we can, right? But we don't want to be putting our worth on an X outcome. So what that guy did was he put his entire worth on the outcome that he'd be a billionaire. Not the fact that he, became, he came from the slums of India to being one of the top business people in America. Like, he failed, the, the person he became, he failed to see that and fall, he fell victim to, you know, those outcomes. And, you know, if he can fall victim to it from our background, we can, can we? So it's important to realise that. And I just think it's, it was sweet. Going into 2022, we set these huge goals. Let's set, Instead of setting huge goals, like, I want to earn X money or promotion or whatever let's think about the person we want to become as opposed to other stuff like what person do I want to become and what do I need to do in 2022 for that to happen and the person I become as a side effect basically as a byproduct of the person I want to become I do become then you will associate certain successes with that type of person but that's the important part is like what person whatever person do you need to become to be successful in your domain that's the reality and like you know look at people who have got the traits that you would like the values and you see what they do like and this is about like you know how do you become that person well leaders are readers i can't remember who said that quote but it's, it's true so reading should be part of all of your 2022 plans and i'm not saying reading the books i say or turtle does reading books in your field like you should know the history of your field inside out a lot of answers in history you should do that you should be a person i don't know let's have a look at what we could do you should be a person that is open to changing their mind how resilient like how resistant are you to changing your mind right now about certain ideas and concepts you have are you holding ideas firmly in mind but with the idea you can let go or are you someone um who just will never budge because if you never budge on your opinions now then you're never going to be the person you want to be no, no offense like it just doesn't happen so have a think about that and I think uh, you'd end up being obviously a better person if you go towards that type of stuff than like end outcomes because you'll start overreaching and stuff and doing silly things to get to that goal. A few other things and we spoke about a wide variety of things. Um, so a few other things we spoke about. So Louise has gone through a really tough time, really tough time. Um, two major surgeries. Uh, I'm sure she will speak about it when she's ready. 
Um, and you know, I say to her, te- when we speak, just talk and be open and let whatever you want to come out. Uh, and don't worry about, you know, me, you know, making a conversation essentially, just like try and offload it. And you know, there's a worry about like, and this is probably similar to everybody who goes through such traumatic times, is like, you know, what is the universe telling me right now? Is it punishing me for something I've done? Okay, is it punishing me? Like I'm going through the hell. I must have done something bad, like we believe in karma and all that stuff. And it's a valid, you know, it's a valid concern. And I was saying, you know, what the Stoics would say and people back in some Socrates and stuff, they would look at going through hardship as nature or God or whatever you want to say, giving you a really rough medicine. Okay, so the medicine might taste like shit. It might really, really be horrible, but it's there to make you a better person. So if you see it from that perspective, even though you go through the toughest of times, you can see this as a as a journey, as a terrible, terrible, uh, horrible, you know, medicine. But at the end of it, what type of person you become from going through it? Similar to the Hercules concept, you go through all that trouble. Who do you become at the end? You become something resilient, strong. But you know, we can't just blanket coated with that because things do happen ptsd anxiety you know you de- depression all these things happen from these severe things that happen and they need to be you need to have help one-to-one there you need to go you know cbt cognitive behavioral therapy you need to see a therapist you need to have certain treatments some people need antidepressants whatever it may be to get over that so i'm not saying i'm not saying you know don't do them we're saying those things will need one-to-one attention but the day-to-day thought process so like you know taking one thought and then turning it into a a really bad negative one and then catastrophizing we can try and prevent that from happening as much as we can and another way of looking at it as well is i think louise saying you know taking this medicine and the medicine worried that the medicine is going to make her worse she's got some kind of resistance to the medicine and she feel you know even though it's something to make her better there's something about it is telling her "Mm, this medicine resistance and you know you can reframe it, right? Even though it sounds stupid, it can help. So it's like, well, let's 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 try this little experiment. Let's try and reframe this. If we reframe it in the way of Stephen Pressfield, even though he talks about resistance as a form of, if you feel resistance to something, that means you should. That's your calling. You go towards it even more. Resistance guides you, and it might not work or make much sense to to be honest when it comes to medicine. But Saint Louis, well, why do you see that resistance as that? Like that resistance. You've been told by a doctor to take it. The resistance is there to it. That means you might want. It means that is the right way to go. And actually, it could be your body. The little infection you got on your body right now. You know, it's last ditch attempt to to not die. Like you, you know, you can make these little games up. This last ditch attempt to not die is trying to tell you that you shouldn't take it because it knows you take that medicine. You keep going with that, then it's game over for it. So the last ditch onslaught of resistance comes in, and you know. You can you can switch things, even though you kind of know sometimes you're just trying to you're just playing with your mind, you're playing these little games. I think they work. Gamifying things, I don't know, like trying to flip perspectives, going back and forth, stretching the mind, all works. I think if you stick to one one way of thinking, not good. And I think that's why it's important. If any of you are going through tough times, uh, depression, anxiety stuff. One of the best things to do is to speak and let and speak with someone who will let you talk and ramble on and rant okay that's important and then just you know can we go back to that how about this and you know just be a devil advocate sometimes and like show the other up the other side different perspective go and speak to as many of these people as you can in your life and they will help you massively um yeah like i think a lot of people miss out on that 
um, purely because they think nothing can help them, la la la. Like when it comes to depression, you know, it's a biological thing for many people. It is a chemical imbalance, so you know, you might want to feel happy, but there's no fucking dopamine, serotonin enough to make you feel happy and pleasure. Um, but I'll finish on this one, and this is an important one. I, I, I actually read about this not long ago in a book, it's about 100 years old. And uh, Louise is saying she felt she had no energy, no energy, no energy. Um, I might have mentioned this in the voice, actually. She had no energy. And then a bit of good news came in. And then all of a sudden, boom, a flip switch. Now she's full of beans, full of energy, okay? Where did that energy come from? You can't create energy out of nothing. Was it always there, but trapped and dormant because of the perspective of the mind? You've got to think. So we started speaking about, well, maybe, you know, and it says in this book, nobody, everyone's got the same amount of essential energy. What I'm trying to say is, is you have to, re- you have to find a way to make sure that you can release that energy. Because once you're able to turn the taps on every day, your day, your days, your life is much easier. You hear some people say they find their true calling and they wake up every day with a smile on their face, can't wait to work on it. Okay, work is played to them. Okay, they've unlocked that tap. But we've all got the potential to unlock the tap. You do something you hate, okay, and you, this, the taps are off. Um, energy cannot be created or destroyed, only transferred from one form to another, one of the laws of thermodynamics. You've probably heard it over and over. But it's true, the energy is there. We just need a way to make sure that maybe it is the conversion of it into like a, a release. But again, think about that. One, like Louise is mind blown by it. You know, one, one second, no energy. Two seconds later, she's not even. She, the, the, the doctor could have said, "Yeah, your, your results are better," and she might not have even been better. But all of a sudden, her body has changed. Like she's now vibrant and full of energy. Okay, and that's by a few words by a doctor. Okay, so there must be a way that we can do this ourselves because all we've done there is taken words from someone else, perceived it as a fucking great news, and that perception of great news, we can do it has morphed the body into kind of a energy, you know, full of energy state, basically. Um, so that's an interesting thing, is like, what gets you going? What unlocks your energy? And try and get that going. Like, it could be having a good chat with your best mate. That gets you unlocked. Okay, it could be a workout gets you unlocked. It could be writing gets you unlocked. It could be doing creative stuff that gets you unlocked. If you never feel unlocked and you're drained of energy all the time, might be the case that everything you're doing in the in your lifestyle is just completely against the nature of yourself and you need to go and find what will unlock it and that it does come from perception as well so whilst you know you, you could be in a, in a you know you don't have to be where you want to be but it's all about the perception isn't it the mind is crazy basically <laughs> the mind is the mind can be heaven it can be hell prison it can be um utopia whatever it could be anything you wanted to be and for, for unfortunately for most people it ends up being a prison the mind becomes their own prison and uh there's more to be spoken about the mind isn't there there's a lot more chat need to be done that's why we do the mother q and a now let's get the mothers the mammies together talking let's get people going through similar things talking let's try and you know get people talking about life not just losing weight and you know lifting weights like that's a way to improve our lives or to like improve our mental health and stuff like that but if you don't get to the root cause sometimes it's never enough you know you could train all you want but if you're not learning about mindfulness techniques and trying to sort a core issue out in the life where it could be 
you know, the job you're in is like the worst thing you do. Like you can't, you feel you can't escape. It's like literally hell for you. So no matter how good your training is, you're always gonna feel like you're in hell if you stay in that job. I don't know. Like I said, Sally's voice and all just gonna go. We're gonna go on a journey. We're on this journey. Um, if I remember anything else. I'll do another voice note because there's a lot of good stuff spoken about but yeah the mind is crazy and uh, I can't even remember what I've said now because I've gone on for 20 minutes but I hope you found this useful thanks to everybody for sending in the messages um, as well to Louise uh, wishing her well the baby's doing fine Louise is on the mend and we hope for some good more good news coming um, she will obviously publicly announce things in the future no pressure on there um no pressure on going to social media because it's not the place to be, even if you want to go on for a few seconds. You know, there's a difference between scrolling and having a quick look than actually being on a messaging. Do you know what I mean? So it's good news, it's good news, it's good news. Um, and I hope it does get better. Uh, and we hopefully we see Louise back training a turtle in 2022. There's no doubt about it. But guys, I'm off. I'm off, and I hope you enjoy your walk. And I hope you get your one big thing done. And I hope something I've said today triggers you to make the most of today. Something, anything. I don't know what I've said. Something triggered, whatever. At least your energy. Smile. Go on and, you know, <laughs> to get the most of your day. I don't know, something. Just make the most of it. For Louise, guys. Do it for Louise. She's gone through a tough time. Live today for her. Because she's gone through... And she, there's nothing more... There's nothing more that she'd want to do than go for a walk. With the buggy, Ryan, me, whatever, or, you know, Sam and the dogs. That's nothing more you're going to do. It's such a simple thing. So if you've got a chance to do that, go and do it. And put a smile on your face doing it. Don't complain. Max Freelis would say, don't complain to others, not even to yourself. So don't be a complainer, guys. Enjoy your day. Speak soon.